This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. We're talking today with Phyllis Patrick, Co-Founder and Managing Director at AP Healthcare Compliance Group. Thanks so much for joining us today, Phyllis. Thank you for having me, Howard. For starters, why don't you tell us a little bit about your company and tell us how you got involved as the co-author of this new white paper on the privacy and security implications of meaningful use for the North Carolina Healthcare Information and Communications Alliance. Certainly. Well, the AP Healthcare uh, Compliance Group was formed earlier this year. Our intent was to provide compliance, privacy, and security advisory services to the healthcare industry. I've been attending the Amchika Privacy and Security Conferences for several years. They are a tremendously valuable information source for people who work in privacy and security. So I, along with my co-author, Wayne Martin, were asked to facilitate a pre-conference workshop for this year's conference. And the topic we were given was privacy and security implications of meaningful use for academic medical centers. So the group met on a Sunday in June. Uh, We had approximately 20 people representing various AMCs, consultants, and vendors. And our charge was to develop guidance for providers, uh, including AMCs and others, and how they could achieve meaningful use in the context of their privacy and security programs. Many hospitals and clinics are hoping to qualify as meaningful users of electronic health records so they can earn financial incentives from Medicare or Medicaid under the HITECH Act. So what is Mm -hmm. the single most important action they need to take to ensure electronic records are secure? Well, in my opinion, if they have not already done so or if they have not conducted a risk assessment for more than a year, they should plan to conduct a full risk assessment, uh, including an evaluation of uh, their privacy and security programs because these are really the foundation uh, not only for the implementation of electronic health records but also for meeting the criteria of meaningful use. And, in fact, as we know, CMS established five major goals for meaningful use, including ensuring privacy and security protections for personal health information. And I think that a lot of providers uh, may have given a bit of short shrift to their security programs when they implemented them. Resources are always tight, but there was a sense perhaps uh, while we had HIPAA privacy, HIPAA security was not seen by many as requiring the same type of implementation. And uh, The standards and the implementation specifications and the security rule have been there uh, for several years. Uh, And I think many organizations are now sort of waking up to the fact that, hey, if we didn't do this risk assessment, you know, we better be doing it. Uh, It really does provide the foundation for their programs. The white paper offers a very detailed matrix to help healthcare organizations measure their privacy and security readiness as they qualify for the EHR incentive program. Please explain how the matrix was developed and offer a few examples of how an organization might put it to use. We put this matrix together and we were trying to determine what what could we provide as a tool to organizations to use to sort of snapshot where they are with respect uh, to meaningful use. How could they assess their organization's capability and maturity really? Uh, in achieving their implementation of their electronic health record and meeting the meaningful use criteria. Uh, so we started out by basically saying, uh, let's have two forms. And if you notice in the matrix, there are 
two slightly different forms there. One is really aimed at determining the organization's capability to meet the meaningful use requirements, and the other one is really to assess where the key stakeholders are. A lot of our discussion at the work group, and, and hopefully we've embedded this in this matrix, is that you really need to start by identifying the key stakeholders in your organization. So this matrix can be modified to fit the organization, but the key stakeholders is where you started, and they might vary by organization, but we thought it's important to start with senior leaders and organization leaders and technology, privacy, security, medical staff, etc. This is not an exhaustive list, but again, this is meant to be a tool where the organization can list those uh, key stakeholders and then determine if you go across the matrix, you'll see we've defined four categories of approaches, systematic approach, learning, alignment, and integration. And the definitions for these are included in the paper uh, just preceding the matrix. And we have borrowed from the Malcolm Baldridge quality criteria to define process measures. And so we thought that this would be a way to provide a snapshot and have the organizations really use this as a discussion piece, if you will. Uh, each organization have to assess its own readiness and its own approach. So it's not only a tool, but it does provide a basis, we think, for holding these important conversations with the key stakeholders. In your white paper, you call on healthcare organizations to elevate the positions of privacy and security officers to key senior leaders with enhanced responsibilities for strategic planning. So why is that important, and how should those roles be handled at smaller organizations that have more limited resources? It's tough at any organization these days, and I talk to a lot of privacy and security officers. Everyone is struggling, but again, I will refer everybody back to the CMS goals, and the goals that are set out for healthcare reform basically talk about improving quality, safety, and efficiency, improving care coordination, improving population and public health, engaging patients and families. And I think that inherent in these goals are the concepts of the health information exchange. There are regional, state, multi-state um, organizations that have been formed. In fact, every state now has at least one HIE, as they're called, uh, accountable care organizations requiring a certain uh, level of uh, not only sophistication but a, a defined population group. So all of these things are happening regionally, which really provides a mechanism for privacy and security officers to get involved. And a lot of them have been more inward-focused, dealing with issues internal to the organization, but they need to be at the table in terms of being outward-focused and being strategic um, so that we don't reinvent the wheel, especially with the regional initiatives. We don't need to have different consenting forms and different privacy policies for HIEs and accountable care organizations. That should be something that's looked at across the board, again, with input from the privacy and the security officers and the people with this not only technical knowledge but good judgment and experience in this area. The people that are fulfilling these roles in smaller organizations, it is tough, and I know some people are wearing three and four hats, it's not uncommon to see somebody who's an IT director is also a security officer is, is also something else. But I think for the smaller organizations, combining efforts with e either regional hospital associations, getting those groups to provide more input collectively for privacy and security so that the smaller facilities can borrow from those uh, as they will. But basically, that, a lot of these smaller players 
um, may in fact over time either disappear or their role in regional health cooperatives, if you will, uh, is going to be changing. So they need to be prepared for that as well. The white paper also emphasizes the importance of privacy and security training for management, board members, and staff. What are the Mm -hmm. essential elements of a good training program? Well, first I would say that, uh, you know, we tend to give the same training to everybody across the board, and it tends to be sort of the basic awareness training. But I find, and I have found this from my own experience uh, in organizations where I have uh, been in privacy and security, that it's best to start with the trustees, with the senior leaders, in terms of making sure that they understand what their role is and what their responsibilities are. And then I think as an, on an ongoing basis, you certainly need training that is comprehensive, that's all-inclusive, so that everyone receives training, that there's also role-based and responsibility-based training. It's continually refreshed. It's based on scenarios and real-life cases, and it's entertaining. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be uh, just simply the same online module every year. There are ways to do it, to integrate it into you know, the everyday culture of the organization, if you will, it shouldn't uh, necessarily be a total standalone module on its own. Uh, organizations have begun integrating quality and safety into their cultures, and I think, again, privacy and security can probably borrow from some of their colleagues in those areas, break down some of the silos, because a lot of the, the processes, the outcomes, the results are very similar, whether you're talking about privacy, security, safety, quality, risk, etc. Finally, what are some of the other key steps that hospitals and clinics need to take to ensure the privacy and security of electronic health records? Can you highlight just a few for us? It's very, very important to pay attention to what's happening nationally. Um, I advise people to uh, try to stay current with and and, uh, occasionally look at the websites for the Office of the National Coordinator and also the OCR websites uh, because that's where a lot of the guidance is coming from. Uh, Get everyone in the organization involved because it's everybody's privacy. It's not just the patients and the clients. Uh, They need to work with their vendors Vendors who are business associates now have the same responsibilities as covered entities do under high tech for protecting that information. So it's important to revitalize those relationships, if you will, or at least, you know, look at them a little bit differently. And again, I would say break down the silos. If you as an organization are uh, uh, looking at safety and quality, why not, why not look at privacy and security in the same way? It's really not that different. Uh, And after all, it's really about protecting not only our own personal health information and that of our colleagues, but also that of our patients, our physicians, and and others who come to our facilities. Thanks, Phyllis. We've been talking today with Phyllis Patrick of AP Healthcare Compliance Group. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening.